All right, good stuff. Well, we are excited that you are in the room. Anybody excited to be here tonight? You could be at home doing homework right now, right? So it could be a whole lot worse. So thank you for not doing homework and showing up here tonight. We are glad that you are here, and we are finishing up our series, We Are Reckless. And putting definition to these things that we want to be all about, these things that we want to be known for this year. And, um, and so I want to, as we start off, uh, these are called CDs. You ever heard of these? Yeah, it's kind of an old school thing. You can talk to your parents about it. But um, so we've, we've talked about these, given these words or these um, descriptors, if you will, of, of who we want to be, what we want to be known for, all right? So over the last three weeks, we've covered three of those things so far. So who remembers the first thing that we talked about, that first word? Start with a P. Come on, it's for a CD. Purpose, who said it first? Heads up. You're supposed to catch it. You don't, you don't go like this. All right, so purpose was the first thing that we talked about. So we said we are people who believe that we were created by God, that we're loved by God, and that we've been given a specific purpose by God. Then two weeks ago, we talked about the next thing. Not only purpose, but also the word was grace. (laughs) That's going to leave a mark. So we talked about grace, right? So we said we are being the fact that we are reckless means that we are people who show others the same grace that we've been shown. The grace that God has shown us, we're willing to show that to other people, all right? And then the last one, for a Hillsong United acoustic sung in the Holy Land of Israel. Community. Who was it? So three CDs and three non-catches. All right, so see, it pays, it, it pays off when you pay attention because you get CDs thrown at you. Um, so if you don't know what those are or don't have a CD player, you can go talk to mom and dad. I'm sure they'll hook you up. So that's the three things that we talked about. We talked about purpose, about grace, and then we talked about community. And didn't Lindsay do a great job last night or last week? Let's hear it for Lindsay. First time ever speaking, not just at Reckless, Re- what did we call this? Reckless. But uh, I'm going to have the same issue I had a couple weeks ago. But, uh, but first time speaking really ever in, in this kind of capacity. So did a fantastic job of just helping us understand what community is all about. And so the idea was that we're people who build relationships that are centered on Jesus. So that's what we talked about up to this point. And so the idea and what we want to challenge you with is what does that look like for you? Like these are the things that we want to be known for in general, but how specifically do you play that out? What does that look like in your life? So what specific purpose has God given you? Under that banner of loving God, of loving people, how do you live that out? What specific purpose has God given you this year? Who is it that God wants you to show grace to? Who has God put in your life? And he is saying, I've put them in your life and they drive you crazy and all of those weird little you know, quirks that, that drive you nuts and you, know, you want to treat them like everybody else treats them. But I've put, you, I've put them in your life and given you and called you 
to show grace to them. So who are those people that God's called you to show grace to? And then when it comes to relationships, are you living your life, are you developing in your life relationships that are centered on Jesus? Now, not just in your small group on Wednesday night. And obviously that's a big part of what we do. And are those relationships, those, that small group, is it centered on Jesus? Are you growing in relationship together? But in your everyday life, friends at school, other people, are you developing relationships and trying to center those relationships around Jesus? So those are, those are the things that we've, uh, we've talked about up to this point. And so tonight we're going to finish off by talking about one more thing that we want to be known for. And really, tonight, this is kind of gives us the perspective that I think impacts those other things that we've been talking about. Now, I want to start off tonight by asking a question that is very similar to what I asked at the beginning of the service. And here's the question that I want to ask you. How differently would you live your life if you knew you had already won? Now, think about this, that question for just a minute. All right, let that sink in. Don't be distracted by people around you. Think about this question and and how it applies to your life. How differently would you live your life if you knew you had already won? Now, let's let's take a step back and put this in a like in a sports perspective, all right? Cuz this is the way that I think, all right? So maybe some of you don't don't think like that, but this is how I think. So let's think through this for just a minute. How differently would this upcoming football season be for you if you knew your team was going to win the championship? Now, not just like, hey, I'm confident in my team. We've got a lot of key parts. I think this is really going to be, this is our season. I'm feeling really good. Our quarterback's looking good. He's going to be great. Running back, you know, certain positions. We look at our team and we just have confidence. I'm not even going to address that. What would it look like, not just you have confidence in your team, but where you actually knew it was guaranteed that you were going to win the championship? How differently would you approach this season? Now, this is going to be painful for some of you, all right? But Falcons fans, I know. I know. Just take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Hey, we got to talk. In order to get past it, we've got to deal with it. All right. So let's. This is kind of a therapy session for all of you Falcons fans. All right. And I promise this is not a dig at you, but I want to. I want to use this kind of to to get our our perspective. All right. So for you Falcons fans, all right. Back in February, how confident were you? about midway through or the beginning of that third quarter? Like, even non-Falcons fans, right? I was cheering the Falcons on. I'm not a Falcons fan, but I was rooting for them. And I'm thinking, holy crap, they've won the Super Bowl. The Falcons are going to be the Super Bowl champions. Right? I mean, think think about your confidence level midway or beginning of the third quarter when you're up what 28 to 3 or whatever the whatever the score was right now listen you are you're probably having a lot of thoughts like 
How am I going to celebrate this? Who am I going to celebrate with? What am I going to post on social media? Like you're already getting your post ready, like, you know, with you doing like this or whatever, um, in the picture that you're about to like Super Bowl champions. You're thinking, man, am I going to go to the parade? Am I going to watch the TV? Am I not going to school tomorrow? Like what, what, is, this, what is this day going to look like? What are these next few hours going to look like? The city of Atlanta, a lot of them are preparing and planning the parade that's going to go through downtown, right? They're, at that point, the confidence level could not be any higher. It was almost inevitable until it wasn't. And then all of a sudden, what happened, the rest of that game happened, and then it went from like total confidence to like, I cannot believe we just lost this. What in the world just happened? Because that confidence was shattered because the truth is nothing really is guaranteed in, in the world of sports. But what if it was? What if victory was guaranteed? Like, wouldn't you go into that football season a whole lot more excited than if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, right? Or pick whatever team. Or a Redskins fan, all right? There you go. I don't have much confidence going into this season. But you'd be a whole lot more excited if you knew 100% it's guaranteed we're going to win. Like every game would be kind of, I can't wait to see how this, is, this game's going to unfold that's ultimately going to lead to us winning the championship. Like that's the mindset that we would have going into this season and all throughout the season. Now think about your life. Think about your struggles. Think about your purpose. Think about every single detail of what makes up your life. And what if victory in your life was guaranteed? 100% guaranteed. I mean, isn't there sometimes that, that we feel so much stress in our lives and anxiety because of the future is so uncertain because we're not sure how this is going to play out, right? What does, what does my future hold? And that just makes us like a, a nervous wreck because we're not sure what the future holds and what, what it's going to look like. What's going to happen to those struggles that you face either right now or in the future? Like those, that circumstance that you may be in the middle of right now, tonight, that you're dealing with, we wonder, will it ever end? And at the end, whenever it does end, if it does, will it be okay? Like, will it be good okay? Will everything work out? And what if all of those questions that you have, all of those uncertainties, in reality weren't questions and weren't uncertainties? How differently would your life, would you live your life if you knew that you had already won. If you knew that victory was guaranteed. Now what I want to challenge you with tonight is the truth that victory is in fact guaranteed. Now not with a football season, all right? So fo- the, that analogy is now passed, all right? God's not guaranteed your team is going to win, all right? You can pray that way, but that's not going to happen. So the sports analogy now goes out the window. But think about your life. The truth is, victory is in fact guaranteed for you. 
that victory has already been won on your behalf. That it is inevitable. Not just like, hey man, I'm crossing my fingers. I hope this works out. I have confidence that my life is going to play out. But 100% certainty. It is inevitable that you and I have victory. And the reason that you and I can say that with such confidence is because of an event that happened in history. And it was the death and the resurrection of Jesus. It is the death and resurrection of Jesus that has guaranteed you and me victory. Now, in the, in the Old Testament, if you, if you were to pick up your Bible and start at the beginning and you start reading, in the Old Testament, Israel constantly lived and in the battles they faced and things as, with that assurance. Like it was often, whatever leader it was, whether it was Moses, whether it was Joshua, whether it was David, whatever, whoever the leader of Israel was at that time, if Israel had been walking with God, been obeying God's commands and things like that, a lot of times God would show up before a battle was about to happen. And he would guarantee victory to that leader. Before the battle had even been fought, he would guarantee to the leader and to Israel as a whole that victory was going to belong to them. And so Israel would walk into a lot of battles that they faced already with this confidence of knowing that they already had the victory and they hadn't even fought the battle yet. And all they had to do was say, because God said that he's going to be with us and he has guaranteed victory for us. And the more times they went into the battle and, and it played out exactly like God promised it would, the more confidence they had in what God was saying. And the truth is, for you and I, we, we have the opportunity to live with that same confidence. That because of what Jesus has done, God does the exact same thing for us. The same thing that he did thousands of years ago to Israel. Because of Jesus, God does the same thing for us. And at the beginning of whatever battle you may be about to go in, because of who Jesus is and what he has done, he's looking at you and he's saying, I've already won the battle for you. Hey, you've got, you've got, you can have confidence because victory is inevitable. Hey, why are you so afraid? Why are you worried? Why are you stressed out right now? You have victory. I am promising you before the battle has even happened that I've given you the victory. And you and I have the opportunity to live with that same confidence every single day. Now, you and I may look at that and we go, how is that even possible? How is it even possible that that can happen? Because simply of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Listen to what, listen to what it says in Colossians 2, 13 through 15. Paul says, When you were spiritually dead because of your sins... And because you were not free from the power of your sinful self, God made you alive with Christ, and he forgave all your sins. He canceled the debt, which, was, which listed all the rules that we failed to follow. He took away the rec- that record with its rules, and he nailed it to the cross. God stripped the spiritual rulers and powers of their authority. With, here it is, with the cross, 
He won the victory and showed the world that they were powerless. Do you guys understand the, the weight of what that means? By what Jesus did on the cross, he takes all of the, the sin, all of the struggles, all of the, the things that this world does to us that a lot of times just steals and kills and destroys. He took all of those things and he basically nailed them to the cross. And, and like a kind of a public spectacle, he looked and he said, all of these things have now been rendered powerless. These things that it, a lot of times it seems like for us has so much power over our lives because of what Jesus has done on the cross, the truth is he's, he's stripped the power away from them. He's taken the power away. See, Jesus stood up after the cross and then after he rose from the dead with that victory belt above his, above his head. Right? How many of you guys watched the, the fight from a couple weeks ago? All right, we were all into that, like, man, who's really going to win? This is a big deal. And there was, they weren't even fighting over a belt, right? So it didn't really, really even matter. But, I mean, just imagine at the end of that fight, you know, when, when Mayweather wins, there was like this moment, he sta- stands up on the, you know, jumps up on the, on the ropes, you know, just puts his fist in the air like, who's the man, right? And that's in essence what Jesus does, only he's holding the victory belt over his head going, Who's the man, right? Like, world, no matter what you have to offer, sin, death, Satan, enemy, no matter what you want to throw up against me, I've already defeated you. Now, that's not all he does. Here's what makes it, here's what blows my mind. Not only did he do that, because it's easy to look and go, well, that was 2,000 years ago, like, you know, Jesus defeated sin and death, and so he can stand back. And we're looking now going, all right, it's a, it's a past thing. We know the, the outcome. We know that Jesus rose from the dead, and then he, he has the victory. But here's the other thing that, that blows me away. Jesus, because he is God, created everything, including created time. Therefore, he is beyond time. He stands at the end of time, at the end of the world, and he still looks back and he holds the victory belt above his head. So those struggles that you're facing now that you're like, I'm not sure that I can, that I can do anything about it. I'm not sure that I really have the power to overcome this. I'm not sure that this is going to work out in the end. Jesus is already standing at the end of time, looking back and declaring that you are already victorious. It's not just a past event that happened a few thousand years ago. It's also something that God has already guaranteed in the future. The future is already looking back at us now and, he, and, and declaring that we are victorious and we are free. Now think about in, in the struggle that you're in that sometimes right now seems so overwhelming for you. And Jesus is at the end saying, you have nothing to fear. You have nothing to worry about. I know that struggle and that circumstance and that situation that you're dealing with is a big deal right now. But you do not have to be afraid because I've already guaranteed victory for you. I'm already standing at the end of the story and I'm holding the victory belt above my head and I'm already promising you that the victory has been secured. You are forgiven. You are free. 
those things that seem like they have control over your life, they don't have to. Because you've been victorious because of what I've done for you. Here's what Romans 8, 35 through 37 says. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? You know, all those things that we experience and we go, God, do you love me? Do you care? Do you see what's going on? And Paul says, no, none of that separates us from God's love. Despite all of those things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. See, we look at that and we go, well, what about those people who falsely accuse me? And what, what about that struggle with depression? What about that sin that I keep struggling with over and over and over again and can't seem to get beyond? What about that fear that I have over the future and how my life is going to play out? And Paul says, victory has already been promised to you in all of those things. Because of what Jesus has done. Here's what God did for us to prove it. To prove that victory is ours. To prove that we don't have to fear in the midst of whatever we're going through right now. Because he's with us. Because he is with us. See, God loves us enough cares enough, uh, enough about us that in that present circumstance and in those things that we're dealing with and in those you know, struggles that we're, that we're going through right now, God promises the, the victory for us by being present in those things with us. Of him saying to us, you don't have to walk through this alone. You don't have to deal with this circumstance. By the fact that I'm with you in the midst of that, that promises you not only that I'm with you, but that, I, that you had the victory over that thing. Now, let me give you an example of that. Um, maybe some of you guys saw on social media this week, I posted this picture. Go ahead and put that up. All right. So, Monday, Labor Day, we, uh, my, my family and I are hanging out, and uh, we, we had just eaten dinner. And, um, and the, the boys who are nine and seven, we promised them, hey, we'll play a, a, a baseball game with the family after, um, after dinner. So the boys went back into the, in the backyard to get the bases set up and, and everything. And so my wife and I and Carson, who's 11, are in the kitchen and we're putting dishes away and, and cleaning up or whatever. And all of a sudden, we hear this like blood-curling scream. The scream that, that you hear from somebody and immediately you know something is not right. And I thought maybe, you know, the older one had like, you know, smacked him on the head with a brick or so, you know, I don't know what was going on. Expected him to come, come up the steps bleeding down his face or a broken leg or, you know, something like that. I mean, just screaming bloody murder, top of his lungs, hysterical. So I drop what I'm doing and I go over to where the basement door is and Avery, who is seven, walks into uh, up the steps, and he's screaming, there's a snake, there's a snake, there's a snake. And he is like tears streaming down his face, absolutely hysterical. So my wife and the three kids 
they take the chicken way out and they go out on the deck and they leave you know, me the hard work of putting on my shoes and going down into the backyard to see this snake. And so I don't, I don't really know what I'm going to see until I see this. So in the middle of the backyard, I see this copperhead. So beautiful in its colors and, you know, we just want to celebrate God's creation right now. No, I wanted to kill that stupid thing. And, and you, you snake lovers, whatever, I don't really care. That was in our backyard. So here's... Here's what I did. I took these giant rock boulder things that are in my backyard, and I, and I started going at it. And he rears up like this. And so I'm, I'm from here to like this, this front row, and I start this first rock, I throw at it, and it kind of grazes it and lands right beside it. And then he kind of goes up like this, and he's ready to go. So I grab another one, and I throw it, and it skips past him. Apparently, I'm, I suck at my aim. And so, so then it starts immediately after that second rock starts going back down the hill towards the creek in our woods. And so my loving, beautiful wife, who I love so much, starts screaming at me, get it, Todd, get it. Don't let it get away. Get it. And I'm like, thank you, sweetheart. I got it. Thank you. I wasn't exactly sure what to do in this moment, but now that you told me that, now I'm going to go get it. So... I go and pick up the rocks, and I start chasing after this snake, not really sure is it going to turn back around on me. And so finally it gets down to the edge of the creek, and I throw this rock at it, and it kind of hits and lands kind of on top of it. And then all of a sudden the head is just sticking out of our creek. And I don't see the body, and I'm not sure if the rock has pinned the body or whatever. So I take the shovel, and I just start jabbing the mess out of this thing. <laughs> Underneath the water, don't know really where it's, it's gone. And I just start stabbing at it. And so then we're sitting there waiting, like, is it dead? Is it gone? Did it get away? What happened to it? We wait for like 10 minutes, nothing. So every, about every five minutes, I'm like, I start, you know, sticking the shovel down in there again, just in case. So then I'm like, you know what? We're just going to have to wait. So the next morning, I go back out there. The creek is kind of cleared up a little bit. There's the rock. I don't see a snake. I don't see pieces of a snake. And I'm like, how in the world did that thing get away? So to, to this day, I still don't know if it got away or if it didn't, all right? So you guys come on over to my house. We'll, we'll go track it down. So here's what happened. Later that night, it's time to put the kids to bed. Well, that was a pretty traumatic night, especially for Avery, who said that he was literally about a foot from it when he saw it as he was throwing a base down and just dropped it and took off running. And so he's having, you know, every, about every five or ten minutes, he's waking up, starts screaming. He's yelling for us. And so... I go upstairs, my wife goes upstairs at different times, and, and we're telling, hey, buddy, it's going to be okay. So we start telling them all these things. Hey, buddy, the snake is gone. Like, you're safe now. You're in the house. You're in your bed. Hey, what if the snake's in the bed? Buddy, the snake is not in the bed. You're okay. So there's, it's th- like, this is the conversation that we're having. And so I'm telling him all of these things until finally I realize what he really wants is he wants me to lay down next to him. And the only thing that will calm him down is for me to lay down next to him, put my arm around him and say, buddy, I got you. You're going to be okay. The truth is, you and I find ourselves in situations where we are freaked out and we are losing our mind and we're not sure how the the thing is going to work out and we're not sure what we're up against. Is this really going to work out? Is this really going to be okay in the end? 
and, and we get so stressed and so worked up and we get so overwhelmed with fear and anxiety. And the amazing thing that our Heavenly Father does is he meets us in those places and he puts his arm around us and he says, I've got you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be fearful because I'm walking through this circumstance and this situation with you. What God does to prove that victory is ours is he's present with us. He doesn't just stand at the end and say, hey, don't worry, don't fear, I've got, I've got the victory. But even in the midst of those things that sometimes seem so overwhelming to us, he puts his arm around us and he says, I'm your loving heavenly father. You don't need to fear because I'm with you. So if you and I are going to be reckless, here's what this means for us. It means that we are people who live confidently because God is with us and victory is already ours. We're people who live confidently because God is with us and victory is already ours. There's three specific ways that you may say, how does God really give us victory? Number one, he gives us victory over sin and death. That sin or that struggle that you're up against, it doesn't have have to have power over you. It doesn't have final say. It doesn't have the final authority. If you've put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior, then Jesus has forgiven you. And those sin, even though you and I struggle and we make mistakes, that sin that we find ourselves in doesn't have the final victory. In the end, it doesn't overcome us. And even in the midst of those things, because of what Jesus has done, it doesn't even have to have power over you tonight. Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and he, every single day, gives you the power to overcome whatever it is that you're dealing with. Not only the sin, but death. You and I have probably all experienced a loss of someone that we love. And that physical death, in a lot of ways, seems like the end. But the thing about physical death is that if, if we have the victory, it's not permanent. In other words, when you physically die, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then spiritually you die. It's a, it's a permanent thing. And that means an eternal separation from God. That's what spiritual death means. But if you and I have put our faith and trust in Jesus as Savior, then even if we face physical death, it's not permanent. What ends up happening is that it leads to spiritual life. It leads to an eternity with God. And so rather than physical death being a punishment, it ends up becoming a reward. It ends up opening up the door for us to spend an eternity with God, to experience true life where we are with God in heaven forever. That's what it means to have power over sin and over death. The other thing that it gives us victory over is it gives us victory over fear. 
And if I were to ask you, hey, put your hands up if there's something right now that you fear. Like, there, were, there are hands that go up. Right? If, if, and I think if all of us were honest enough, we could name those things that we fear. And all of those things are a big deal. And the amazing thing about what Jesus has done is that he gives us victory over those things that cause fear in our life. So no matter what it is that you fear, whether it's snakes in your backyard, or you know, whether it's other things, spiritual things that you're dealing with, circumstances, worried about you know, your parents getting a divorce, worrying about how a certain situation is going to play out, worrying about what people are saying about you, those things that, that we fear oftentimes day to day that you have victory over those things. And the third thing that we have victory over is we have victory over circumstances. There is nothing tonight that you find yourself in that has to lead to defeat. Do you guys understand that? Just think about that for a minute. There's nothing that you face tonight, no circumstance that you're up against, that has to lead to defeat. And it doesn't matter what it is that you're, that you're up against. Whether it be family stuff, whether it be suicidal thoughts, whether it be a bullying situation that you're dealing with, whether it be that pressure that, that all of us face to fit in, no matter the circumstance that we're up against, it doesn't have to defeat us. Because of what Jesus has done, He gives us victory in every circumstance. So we are reckless. People who live confidently because God is with us and victory is already ours. Now as we close tonight, how differently would you live if you lived in the reality that victory was already yours? What are those things that have defeated you as you walked into the room tonight? That if you walked back out of here, understanding that victory is yours, how would that impact those situations? And the truth is, because the victory's already been won, it doesn't mean that we don't have to battle. It doesn't mean that we don't have to fight. We do have to fight. Every single day we have to fight. The enemy and, and the things that he's throwing against us, they're, they're a big deal. And it doesn't mean that we just step back and, and don't really fight. It means that we go into battle with that confidence of knowing that no matter what it is that that, that battle is going to hold, that we, we have the victory over it. And so we go into battle with that confidence, just like you, that football team would go into confidence with confidence if they knew at the end of the season they were guaranteed to have victory. And that's the way that God wants you and I to live every single day, knowing that victory is ours. We've been talking throughout this whole series. What does it mean to be reckless? What does it mean when we say we have purpose? What does it mean when we say that we represent grace? What does it mean that we live in community? And kind of putting the ownership on you guys to say, what does that look like for you? And so there were some students and leaders that we got together. 
and just interviewed and talked about the struggles that they faced and how they've got the victory because of who they are in Christ. So I want you guys to take a look at this. So what does that look like for you? If you are going to be reckless, what does that look like in your life? Because of what Jesus has done for you, how is that changing your life and how will that change your life and the way that you live this year? We're going to celebrate tonight. Maybe you've never come to a place in your life where you've put your faith and trust in Jesus as Savior. And because of that, victory isn't something that's promised for you, but it is offered to you. And by you coming to a place where you admit your sin and you confess your need for God, and you receive the forgiveness that Jesus offers, then you can walk out of the room tonight with victory for the first time. And Jesus is offering a relationship with you and a daily walk with you. He's offering you his presence every single day through all of the stuff that you go through. And he's inviting you to come and to follow after him. For the rest of us, we ought to worship tonight like we talked about at the beginning, understanding and believing that victory is ours. So I'm going to invite you guys to stand and we're going to sing. We've got seniors that are going to be throughout the room. Maybe during this time, you want to go seek out a senior and you want, want them to pray for you. Maybe there's just stuff that you're dealing with. Maybe you need somebody to pray with you that you would understand the victory that you have in that area. And so the seniors would love to have a moment to be able to pray with you and lift you up before God. And so for the rest of us, let's celebrate, let's sing, let's lift up the name of Jesus. Not as people who are defeated, but people who have the victory because Jesus has overcome death and the grave. He has overcome sin. He has overcome shame. And you and I can stand victorious because of what Jesus has done. You guys with me? Let's pray together and then let's sing. God, we celebrate the fact that we are people in this room, not that have to live defeated. But God, when you conquered sin, when you conquered the grave, when you rose up out of the grave, God, you held that victory belt above your head. God, what an amazing perspective that you are standing at the end of it all. And you have already declared victory. God, it's not something that we cross our fingers and we hope for. God, it is something that is inevitable. And we can worship and we can sing. And God, we can bring those struggles and those burdens that we're carrying right now. And we can drop them before you. And we can walk out of here confident that we have the the freedom and the victory because of what you've done. So God, may we celebrate tonight. May we lift up your name that has made it all possible. We love you. We thank you. God, we want to be reckless as we pursue you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing.